Little House on the Prairie won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X Files. Welcome to The Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about Charles, Charles Schultz. Schultz. Old Sparky the Spark Plus. Old Sparky. Pretty sure only... A grown man that does cartoons could be called Sparky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or a robot. Oh, that's true. Sparks that's a lot. True. <laughs> an old robot. Well, Charles Schultz was definitely not a robot. He's kind of an old robot. Old he kind of was. I mean, he Actually, did the same true. thing all the time. He did, and... he did do 50 years of comic strips. Well, one of the most, if not the most influential comic oh, yeah. strip creator. Oh, it's totally. got to be the most successful comic strip ever. Uh, it is. It is. It is not the longest running, surprisingly no. enough. But uh, it made like a over a billion a year or something, didn't it? It's yeah. height. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It did really well. It did really well. It's a lot of insurance commercials and just gonna build more ice rinks <laughs> and uh, Dolly Madisons. <laughs> Take yourself back to 1950. Ooh, Ooh way back. Uh, February 15th, Walt Disney releases his 12th animated film, Cinderella. Nice. It's 12th by 1950. I always forget that he started in the 30s. The yeah. He's in the 30s. He's, uh, he's been doing it. He was. For a long time. <laughs> he was doing it. Uh, August 1st, 1950, Crusader Rabbit, the first animated series produced specifically for television, debuts in the United States. It was created by Alexander Anderson and Jay Ward of Rocky and Bullwinkle fame. Nice. I love Jay Ward. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. We will definitely cover Jay Ward at some point. Oh, yeah. He did a bunch. He did a lot. September 4th, the comic strip Beetle Bailey is created by Mort Walker in the United States. It still runs today in 1,800 newspapers worldwide. Yeah. I mean, I read Beetle Bailey. I, you know? I remember it growing up, but I just thought it didn't exist anymore. <laughs> I was just surprised. You'd be surprised. Uh, if yeah. you look at the comic section, well, it's sad because it's so small. But, man, that used to be such a section. It was a yeah. whole thing. Friggin' section. Oh, yeah. And I would remember we would get two or three different papers growing up. Oh, yeah. And that means two or three different giant comic sections. Right. Because some right. would have some and some would have other because yeah. the syndicate. And the way you get all your favorites is you had right. to get a couple of papers. And nothing was better than the old man getting some big-ass donuts in the papers and, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. eating donuts and reading comics, Over baby. in the, the poor side of the Midwest, we only got one newspaper. Yeah. Uh, but That's I, why you're not as smart as me. I re- <laughs> yes, because I didn't read as many comics. I, I did read the comics every morning during eating my cereal. Uh, that was always my favorite thing. Nice. You didn't read the back of the cereal box? No. I read the comics. I love the comics. Uh, Mort Walker created Beale Bailey, and the reason I included him was because he illustrated the strip for longer than anyone else. He illustrated it for like 67 years. Wow. It was some crazy amount of time. But he – okay. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. But uh, old Sparky. Yes. Sparkplug. Yeah. He did all of the inking and all of the He did everything. Everything. Yes. Nobody touched his I, comics yeah. but him, and I'm not sure if Mort... I don't think Mort Walker. I think he just drew it and wrote it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did the inking. And it, at some yeah. point, he wrote it and drew it. And then at well, some point, yes. he Yeah, yeah. Eventually, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, he did write and illustrate it until he died. Oh, but, nice. But okay. then after that... But he did have other... Uh, I believe he had other people that would pop in and, and do stuff. Beetle so Bailey was very lazy, and he kept he his was. cap down over his eyes. He did. Sarge, man. <laughs> it was like a comic version of Gomer Pyle. Yeah. But if Gomer yeah. Pyle was just a lazy, lazy guy who couldn't sing like an angel. 
Uh, October 2nd, the comic strip Peanuts premieres in seven newspapers. Wow. And that's where it remained. All of seven. Only seven. <laughs> that was it forever. Uh, 1950 was also the year the Korean War started. And just a small aside, I took a weird deep rabbit hole into the Korean War. Oh. And I didn't know almost anything about it. Yeah. kind of wish I hadn't read about it because <laughs> it was really an awful time. Yeah. No, it was uh, uh, MASH. Yeah, was about right. the Korean War, right. and they tried to, but that was more like a, an allegory of the uh, atrocities from Vietnam. More than yes. that was their way yeah. of of dealing with Vietnam. Yeah, in the seventies yeah. rather, rather than Korea. But right. yeah, Korea, man, that was a it had really some effed up war, really man. messed up things that happened during the, the Korean Koreans War. Koreans just did some numbers they, on each other. They did not like each other. <laughs> Still don't, by no. the way. No, no, they the still The war do is still not. technically going on. That's true. It was never uh, resolved. Uh, so at its height, Peanuts was published daily in 2,600 newspapers in 75 countries in 21 different languages. That's insane. Uh, over nearly 50 years, Charles Schultz drew 17,897 published Peanuts strips. That's a lot of output. That is every day for almost 50 years. Like, it is... Insane. Well, he had I, an incredible work ethic. He never yeah. missed. I mean, he took a vacation, I think, once, right? Uh, he did eventually, yes. He, but not until he was like 70 he, or something. He only took one vacation. It was a five-week break in 1997. So he wrote it for <laughs> Mordit, drew it, and inked it for 47 years just so he could celebrate his 70, 75th birthday. Uh, reruns ran during his vacation, the only time it occurred. Oh, I remember that, too. Alive. And yeah. it was like, I do, Whoa. too. Yeah, yeah. It was very odd. And then after he died, they started running classic Peanuts yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, I remember when it happened, and I was like, did something happen to Charles Schultz? Yeah. Because they didn't explain it. No. Suddenly there was reruns. And there and was, was never like, reruns before. No, so, yeah. no. It reminds me a lot of – I had a high school uh, biology teacher who, for 42 years, never missed a single day of work except for the one day – that they threw him his party, celebrating that he worked 42 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. awful. I think, like, uh, attendance awards yeah. and that kind of stuff, that's awful. Yeah. Because people get sick, and then they have to, oh, I'm yeah. so sick. I know, I know. Well, this, guy, this guy was one of those people who just never got sick. Like, well, no, I'm weird, not saying that but... that's a bad person that sure. does it. <laughs> saying, but you shouldn't that's... go in if you're not feeling well. Well, I'm just yeah. saying that it's a – I don't like – those awards, because yeah. I think they're kind of arbitrary, and just the fact that you show up every day, yeah, yeah. I get I, it, yeah. but it's, you know... Literally the bare minimum. Exactly. <laughs> I did actually that same year, my graduating year, we had one kid that literally all 12 years of school never missed a single day. That's impressive. And they gave him a special award for it. Yeah, uh, this is brown-nosing <laughs> little... Teacher's pet award. Well, he was also the kid. His mom worked in the administration and managed to get a teacher fired. So Ooh, that was super fun. That was nice. for the stepdad show at some point. Uh, <laughs> the strips plus merchandise and product endorsements produced revenues of more than $1 billion per year, with Schultz earning an estimated 30 to $40 million annually. That seems low. Um, yeah. I, I mean, granted, if I was getting 30 to $40 million a year, I'd be okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not an obscene amount of money. But if you're making a billion, that's that's less than thirty percent. Because yeah. a billion is a thousand million. No, that's like three percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he's making three yeah. percent of the properties gross he, that he created. Charles Schultz is the kind of guy he did not care. He didn't do it for the money. Yeah. He did it because he literally had to. 
Yeah, and then he built his little compound and yeah. and just kind of stayed there forever. Did, did, did his thing. He just and needed enough money to keep that ice rink going. And, yeah. <laughs> so Charles Monroe Schultz was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota on November 26th, 1922. You know, a lot of people that live there call it Minneapolis. Mini, okay. <laughs> he grew up in the neighboring city of St. Paul. Uh, which I still, you know, I grew up maybe four hours away from Minneapolis, and I still really don't understand the whole, like, Minneapolis-St. Paul. They're literally the same city. They just yeah. call them two different things. Yeah. I know, I'm sure people in Minnesota will correct me on this, but... Well, yes. Our, our huge contingent of Minnesotians <laughs> who listen. Uh, he was the only child of Carl, Sch- Carl Schultz and Dina Halverson and was of German and Norwegian descent. His uncle called him Sparky after the horse Sparkplug in Billy DeBeck's comic strip Barney Google, which Schultz enjoyed reading. Oh, yeah, I remember. And Barney Google, I remember Snuff- Snuffy Smith. Smith. Yeah. Which now it's actually more referred to as Snuffy Smith. Yeah. But this is the fascinating thing, and this is why I love doing the show. I, I had heard of Snuffy Smith. I didn't know who Barney Google was. This started in 1919. Yeah. And that strip is still running. 100%. And if you look at uh, Snuffy Smith, yeah. he looks kind of like um, Wimpy from yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Popeye, Popeye cartoons. Loves his hamburgers. I gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Uh, Snuffy Smith, although it started in 1919, is not the longest-running comic strip of all time. Uh, the There's one that was – or two that were longer than it. Gasoline Alley, which started in 1918. And which Ziggy. I'd never heard of. No. Yeah, Ziggy started in 1749. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Or, or is it Love Is, that horrible – Love Is? I think that's what it's called. No, it's like a I... one-panel cartoon that isn't in the cartoons. Yeah. They put it in, like, the business section or something. But oh. it's these two naked kids. Oh. And it's like, Love Is – Oh, watching no, TV together no, or whatever no. it is. It's awful. It's the worst no. cartoon ever made. The longest running comic strip is the Cats and Jammer Kids, which oh, started yeah. in 1897. Cats and Jammer Kids, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, obviously, they've had many, many different writers and stuff, but I can't mm-hmm. believe these things are still running. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, they're. It's. Well, I think the Cats and Jammer Kids are bigger outside of the United States yeah, than, yeah. than in the United States. Um, because people don't really care about comics anymore, which is super sad. It's, yeah, it's really too bad. You know, I can't tell. You know, we we uh, we watched a great documentary mm-hmm. uh, to prepare for this show on Apple Television. Yeah. Uh, who are you, Charlie Brown? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, it was about Charles Schultz. Really well done. Uh, narrated by Lupita Nyong'o. Is yeah, that what yeah. Um, she's brilliant. I think she's playing Trevor Noah's mom and uh, Trevor oh, Noah's really. Biography. They talked about that years ago. I've been waiting for it. Yeah, best yeah, biography I've ever read. Yeah. Uh, second best biography I've ever read is uh, Trevor Noah's biography. Oh, okay. Um, what was the first? Uh, well, <laughs> the bio- autobiography of Malcolm X. Oh, okay. Okay. It's It was a very influential book on me for yeah. a lot of reasons uh, having to do with my stepdad that I'll talk nice. to uh, you about on a stepdad. Show. Okay, perfect. But uh, but I adore Lupita Nyong'o, and she yeah. um, does such a great job narrating it. They, they, they kind of... Zoom into panels and bring Charlie yeah, to life. Yeah, yeah, Just gives – it's just a sweet, awesome, you know, very fun, very non <laughs> – Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of controversy. No, um, no, no. Which there – I mean, there's a little in his life. But it's just a very sweet thing to watch. And I, I highly recommend if you have an hour and you have Apple TV, yeah, it, give it a shot. It does gloss over some of his personal life. But that's – but it's, it's, it's not relevant to the comic. This goes back to what I was saying on The Stepdad Show, which mm-hmm. is I'm, I don't – I'm tired of learning yeah. about people's yeah. lives, you yeah. know, because it's like it doesn't matter. Everybody's human. Charles Schultz 
for all intents and purposes, was an amazing human being. Yeah, oh, totally. A man who his quest for equality and his quest, you know, whether it's feminism or whether it's civil rights, whatever it is, yeah, you know, that guy yeah. was a champion of humanity. Yes, yes. But completely. he was a human being. He was. And a very rich human being. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm not excusing any behavior, but I'm saying we got to like stop making heroes yeah. these untouchable, unblemished marble, yeah. you know, pieces of perfection because humans are humans, baby. If you do that, you will be disappointed. Always. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. We'll get to it. We'll, 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 we'll get to it. We'll, it. we'll cover it, yeah. Schultz uh, loved drawing and sometimes drew his family dog Spike who ate unusual things such as pins and tacks. So he would draw the dog eating weird things. <laughs> Take the pins and tacks away from the damn dog. That's not healthy. What kind of horrid poops did that poor dog have? I, they burned. They burned hard. <laughs> Every time he went outside, it was like, <laughs> come in, oh, it's, blood splatter and everything. It's Motax again. Come on. <laughs> Sparky, oh, took no. care of your dog. No, he ate some tax, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was Minnesota. <laughs> in 19... 19- oh, oh hey. Yeah. hey. Hey, the dog ate hey some there, more tax. Hey there, uh, that dog, he, uh, he's eating some tax. Yeah. Can you, not, a... can you not hear him pooping? Could you, could you maybe take your dog inside, huh? Hey, he's, I think he's Canadian now. <laughs> in 1937, Schultz drew a picture of Spike and sent it to Ripley's Believe It or Not. Ripley's, believe it or not. And that's been around for quite a while. That has too. been around for Hundreds a long of time. Years. Let's um, say 18 since something. Since 835. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Well, Ripley, yeah. <laughs> believe he it or not. for a long time, believe it or not. Uh, I loved Ripley's, believe it Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. wait for to do that show. Because okay. they also had a great 70s oh, show. Oh, my God. And there's an, did that go through the 80s, too? Because there was definitely a show, a Ripley show I watched during the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I think it was now. 70s, early 80s, and then probably in reruns. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I think there's technically been a couple. I think Dean Kane hosted a version of it for a while. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't the original fun version. <laughs> no, no, That was no. more of the salacious, like, believe it or not. Yeah, you know, yeah. This yeah, man yeah. has 18 pieces. Wow. Well, okay. <laughs> That, that man took, was me. That took me by surprise. <laughs> They're in a bag. As did your 18 penises. Okay. <laughs> they weren't mine. <laughs> His drawing appeared in Robert Ripley's syndicated panel, captioned, A hunting dog that eats pins, tacks, and razor blades is owned by C.F. Schultz. St. Paul, Minnesota, and drawn by Sparky. Uh, C.F. was his father, Carl, Carl Fred Schultz. I love how his name was Carl and they named the son Charles. Yeah, not Seems super original yeah. <laughs> coming from the Germanic descent. Yeah. It just happens. Uh, Schultz attended Richards Gordon Elementary School in St. Paul, where he skipped two half grades, essentially meaning one grade. I'm not sure why everyone says half grades. It doesn't know. make any sense I skipped to a me. grade. You did. I don't know if I told you this before, but when I was young, I really wanted to be a cartoonist. Like a comic strip mm-hmm. panelist? Either yeah. a comic strip cartoonist or a satirist for Mad Magazine. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. You do really love those. So yeah. I used to draw comics. Um, I told you about my Mr. Bell comics in 8th yep, grade that were yeah, very yeah. popular. <laughs> uh, and then I, I would also take uh, you know a bunch of paper, and I would fold it over in half uh-huh. and make a book. And then I would do the cover, and I yeah. would make a complete, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark parody. Oh, nice, nice. Or a Knight Rider parody. I still have a couple of those, too. Nice. But I just, I loved the solitude. I loved the creativity. There is something really magical about being able to draw. But yeah. draw cartoon. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between cartoon drawing and, like, painting. And, and, yeah, and, and of course. Actual, you know, I'm not going to say actual art. Because I think cartoon, yeah, yeah, you know, it it's an can art. It's coming out. It, it looks like, oh, it's really goofy. It's just a head and this yeah. and that. But it's really difficult to draw the same thing over and over again. A, 
seventeen thousand times. Yes, but to make it look the same, <laughs> yeah, you know, you've yeah. got to be consistent. Yeah, you can all we can all draw, you know, round circles and eyes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? But it's like, but I really, really loved drawing. I really loved the solitude of it. And and up until college, like I drew a, a big like picture of all of my friends as cartoons oh, nice. that we nice. had up in our. Yeah. apartment for years nice. i have it somewhere but but it's so funny i haven't drawn in years but i just loved it i couldn't you know and and the reason why i brought this up is because it was because of the peanuts, the peanuts yeah. and because of mad magazine yeah those yeah. were the two you know that were like bam baby it's funny because i i did all the same but i was more drawn to the uh the writing side of it like that was what what triggered me more, and probably because I just couldn't draw for anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was very bad at drawing, but that was fun too. The like the especially with the parodies, yeah, to come up with the dialogue. Yeah, you know, a lot yeah. of it was just ripoffs of, of sure, of course, magazine, but what, pretty much. Sure. I think my Raiders of the Lost Ark was Raiders of the Lost Art. <laughs> I mean, that was the name of my parody, nice. and nice. I did Magnum PI, which I believe was the incredibly original. A Magnum PU. Oh, nice. Which nice. might have been Mad Magazine. They might have been a Mad too. Magazine that did that, yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> so, so because he skipped the grade, uh, Charles became a shy, timid teenager, perhaps as a result of being the youngest in his class at Central High School. In that school now, there is a five-foot-tall statue of Snoopy. Uh, placed in the main office. In February 1943, Schultz's mother, Dina, died after a long illness. Uh, oh. He was very, very close with his mother. Yeah. And uh, was very disappointed because he, he went to the military and essentially was the last time that he saw her. Well, they um, also kept the illness from him for yes, a really long time. They, and, yeah. And he felt a, a lot of rejection because of that, and he felt like he, you know, he was kind of outside the family. It really bothered him, yeah. especially how close to his mom. And then, you know, when he's saying goodbye to his mom before he goes off to the military, she's like, "Well, Sparky, you yeah, say yeah. goodbye. This is it. probably yeah. the last time you see me." What a great bus ride after that to, yeah. to Fort what it, Fort Dix, whatever he's going. Just thinking about, wow, <laughs> uh, probably never gonna see my mom again. Yeah, I just can imagine him being just being like. What? What are you talking about? Uh, and then, I'm yeah, just and then gonna go. I'll be back. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Off to war. You'll never see your mom. I mean, what a horrible. Yeah, ah. it was. A, it was a rough time. It was a rough time. Uh, he was so he was drafted into the army. He served as a staff sergeant with the 20th Armored Division in Europe during World War II, as a squad leader on a 50 caliber machine gun team. Yeah, that's that's a lot of work, man. Yeah, you got to clean that gun. You got to hump that gun. You got to. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's the one where they got the they feed the thing in. You got the. Yeah, yeah, one guy's got to hold the bullets while the other guy. Yeah, Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot. I think it's the gun that uh, Sylvester Stallone used in the Rambo movie, where he basically blew people to pieces for twenty five minutes. The the two guys that were sitting in the front seat, and he just like turned them into jelly. That was one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen on film. Uh, so his unit only saw combat at the very end of the war, so he didn't have to deal with a lot of that. Uh, Schultz said that he only had one opportunity to fire his machine gun, but forgot to load it, and that the German soldier he could have fired at willingly surrendered. That's great. Yeah. I mean, if that's true, what a great story, because yeah. it means he didn't have to kill anybody. Right, and he didn't get killed. Yeah, yeah. and he didn't have the guilt of killing a guy that was going to surrender. Right, right, exactly. I'm sure, I mean, look, no matter what, I'm sure he had some really tough times, because yeah. Nobody goes to combat and no. comes out like squeaky clean, you know what I mean? No, it's like, no, it affects you. <laughs> it <Yeah>. does. <laughs> Two guys who never serve telling you what it's like to serve. I've seen movies, war. Jim. Yeah. I've seen movies. Hey, look, man, I, I'm still having flashbacks from all the Vietnam movies of the 80s. <laughs> I got my platoon flashbacks. Oliver my, Stone is personally responsible yeah, for many. Full metal jacket yeah. flashbacks. 
Uh, like most of veterans from World War II, he spoke very proudly of his wartime service, was very, very happy that he went and served his country. Yeah, it was a very popular war. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, <laughs> well, was, it was also a necessary it war. It was a necessary war. That is very true. Like the last time we really came together as a world to stop fascism. Yeah. Well, you know, or, now yeah. we just welcome it with open arms. Yeah, now everybody's <laughs> like, why were the Nazis so bad? I don't I get know. it. We already took care of this. What are we doing? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. In late 1945, Schultz returned to Minneapolis. Uh, he did lettering for a Roman Catholic comic magazine called Timeless Topics with an X. Yeah, because it was a bunch of it's naked just, boys. No, it's the, I was going to say, the, <laughs> the most controversial thing about it was the X in Topics. Uh, it told stories with titles like Dog Sled Apostles and The Adventures of Damien of Molokai. Ooh, that's my yeah. favorite story in the Bible. Really, really deep into the, the Roman Catholic mythology there. I did. They, there actually are copies of this online you can look up. Sure. And I, I looked because I was just curious. Hey, baby, I read Bible comics. You know, I, I read only, the Bible every day when I was only a runs I read were those little tiny pamphlets they would hand out, essentially <laughs> telling me every time I was going to hell, oh, no matter man. what I did. I used to, uh, when I was heavy Catholic, yeah. when I was like deep. Like you were super Deep fat. inside oh, Catholicism, I was uh, way uh, deep in it. Okay, all right. I would read the Bible. I would read uh, Revelations every night before oh, I went wow. to bed because oh, it would yeah. scare me. It was so spooky. <laughs> it's the greatest. Read. Have you read Revelations? Yeah. Oh, man. It's been it a is long time. awesome. Crazy freaking story, bro. It is bro. like an acid trip. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I can't believe I just said, bro, I'm going to hell. Yep. I got a pamphlet to show you. <laughs> in July 1946, he took a job at Art Instruction, Inc., where he reviewed and graded students' work. Schultz had taken a correspondence course from the school before he was drafted. I wonder if he had to draw a turtle. Uh, probably. Draw this turtle. Yeah. Oh, they had a, a, he, had a, he had to judge whether or not the turtle was a turtle. But did he... Did he get it from a matchbook? Did you yes. ever have those matchbooks? Were you young? The, were no, you old? The turtle? I, that sounds really familiar, but I... We used to go, in Boston, we'd go to these bars, and you get matchbooks that were like, could you draw this turtle? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It would also no. be in, no. you know, like, comic books and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. But it was funny. You always get this, can you draw this turtle? Weird. Weird. It might have been for that school. Who knows? He worked at the Art Instruction, Inc. for several years as he developed his career as a comic creator. Now, people take note. How old is he now? He would be 23. At this point, he would be 23. That is impressive. This guy has had, like, he's a veteran. He's had, like, three different big jobs. And he's 23. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was going to say, people, he's probably in his 30s. So (laughs) take, you know, be patient about your, no. He's that guy. Well, this is the thing you have to understand is that when he started Peanuts, he was only 28. Like it's it. It's, that is crazy. It's impressive. And that, and that doesn't, okay. It doesn't include the fact that he actually did like four other comic strips before I that. Know. <laughs> uh, Schultz's first group of regular cartoons, a weekly series of one panel jokes called Little Folks, was published from June 1947 to January 1950 in the St. Paul Pioneer Press, with Schultz usually doing four one panel drawings per issue. Yeah, they had, uh, I have a bunch of Peanuts books, like mm-hmm. little. I used to, you know, I love books just like yeah. you. And then I'd go to the bookstore and you get your Lord of the Rings books and you get your Reedy Read books. And then I would be like getting my Mad Magazine books and yeah. the Snoopy yeah. books and then later Garfield and crap like that. But I have some really old uh, oh, yeah. peanut stuff that are yeah. that start with little folks. And then it's the the original peanuts with the big heads. And yeah. The, the one that yeah. I really, that, that, that I kind of prefer. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I actually really of the those three kind of styles he did, I actually prefer the little folk style yeah. over all of them. I think it to, I don't know for whatever reason it's the most appealing to me. Well, I, it really evokes the time. Yeah. I mean, it seems the 50s, you know, late 40s early yeah. 50s, yeah. I mean, if you, the thing about uh Peanuts is it's timeless. Yes. Nothing yes. has changed. Was, yeah. No. You know, I don't think. I mean, it's not like Yeah. He ever they ever started watching movies on a VCR or you know, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. the Peanuts is pretty much the same kind of shenanigans yeah. at the beginning till the end. Completely timeless, yes. Uh, it was in Little Folks that Schultz first used the name Charlie Brown for a character, although he applied the name in four gags to three different boys as well as one buried in sand. Yeah, they had murdered that boy. <laughs> Good old Charlie Brown, let's oh, bury well. him in the sand. <laughs> His mother will cry tonight. No, That's what it said in the last panel. Shermie said, his mother will cry tonight. Little Folks was really dark. It was really dark. Uh, uh, the series also had a dog that looked like Snoopy, although it wasn't Snoopy. Um, his name was Poopy. Yeah, it was Poopy. Yeah. In May 1948, Schultz sold his first one-panel drawing to the Saturday Evening Post. Within the next two years, a total of 17 untitled drawings by Schultz were published in the Post simultaneously with his work for the Pioneer Press. The Saturday Evening Post at the time, for those of you who do not know, was the most popular magazine. Yeah. Uh, that's where Norman Rockwell did the covers for that, for the Post. It was just that magazine that everybody had. Yeah, in yeah. Their house. it was huge. Everybody subscribed to it. Huge. It was just, yeah, it was like the newspaper. Everybody had the Post. Yeah. yeah. Around the same time, he tried to have little folks syndicated through the Newspaper Enterprise Association. Uh, Schultz would have been an independent contractor for the syndicate, unheard of in the 1940s, mm. but the deal fell through. Uh, little folks was dropped from the Pioneer Press in January of 1950 for undetermined reasons that I could not find. He had a lot of stumbling blocks, man. This yeah. guy had a lot of, of, of difficulty in his early life. His mom dying. Yeah. Going to war. Getting fired, you know, trying and trying. And this is the thing. He was very – he didn't get success on his first thing, you know? No, no, no. He he just kept doing it. He kept at it. But I think it was that first success that he got with Ripley's Believe It or Not that kept him going. Yeah. Because it was encouraging. Yeah. Like, oh, I just I, got in Ripley's Believe It yeah. or Not, which was huge. You know, and my drawing is in there. So right, right. I think that showed him that his talent was worthy of – yeah, commerce, I guess. I Keep don't know. trying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's something that he could do and potentially make a living at. He didn't give up. Yeah. Uh, later that year, Schultz approached United Feature Syndicate with the one-panel series Little Folks, and the syndicate became interested. By that time, Schultz had also developed a comic strip using four panels rather than one, and the syndicate preferred that version. The syndicate had to change the title for Schultz's strip for legal reasons, and thus... Peanuts was born. Do you know, if, was it another comic strip that was a little folks? Yes, or? I believe there was another comic strip uh, by that was published by United Feature Syndicate called Little Folks. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Peanuts made his first appearance on October 2nd, 1950 in seven newspapers. The weekly Sunday page debuted on January 6th, 1952. Do you know why he called it Peanuts? No. Let me tell you. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I literally did not find that at all. That's I don't weird. know what. I don't know what. What that the only they mentioned was. in the documentary no, either. No. It was one of those. It just. It really. Yeah. I don't it know. Probably. You know. All of his ideas. Kind of like. Ooh, there's some peppermint candies. I'm going to call her peppermint panda. Yeah, Patty. Yeah, yeah. You know. There's a. So he kind of. You know. What he saw, he drew. Yeah. And he probably. I it was like, ah, got a letter saying he had to change the title, and next to him was a bowl of peanuts. He was <laughs> like, all right, uh, peanuts. There you go. <laughs> peanuts. Sounds good. Sounds as good as anything else. I think he said penis, 
but they didn't uh he didn't enunciate one you get one of these <laughs> and so they made it peanuts but it was supposed to be penis yeah well, you know, I mean, uh, the long distance at the time wasn't as good. It was probably garbled. Scratchy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he uh, went with it. He was yeah. like, fine. He's like, whatever, I guess. Not as good as Peanuts, but okay. <laughs> yes. uh, after a slow start, Peanuts eventually became one of the most popular comic strips of all time, as well as the, one of the most influential. Schultz also had a short-lived sports-oriented comic strip called It's Only a Game between 1957 and 1959, but he abandoned it after the success of Peanuts. So he was he had been doing Peanuts by that point for seven years wow. and said, well, no, I need to do more. <laughs> well, he was a huge sports fan. The guy was a yes. lifelong hockey player. He yeah, built yeah. a hockey rink in his compound, um, not just for himself. For yeah. other people, yeah. he would go there every morning for breakfast, have his English muffin with jam. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then go to work. So I mean, he loves sports. So that de- yeah. that's a definite, uh, you know, good fit for him. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. From 1956 to 1965, he contributed a gag cartoon called Young Pillars, featuring teenagers, to a magazine called Youth, a publication associated with the Church of God. Church of God. Exactly. Uh, in 1957 and 1961, he illustrated two volumes of Art Linkletter's Kids Say the Darndest Things. Kids Say the Darndest You remember that show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, kids do say the darndest things. <laughs> in 1964, he illustrated a collection of letters, Dear President Johnson, by Bill Adler. Uh, the whole point of including all this is that he didn't just do Peanuts. Like, no. The man did so much more. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, all the time. it's overwhelming, the success of Peanuts, so nobody really thinks of anything else. Right, right. Uh, the first and he had all the success very pretty early on, you know. This is all well. It did. I mean, peanuts took a while to grow. No, but I mean, this other stuff yes. that he did was pretty early on, and then once right, peanuts right, expanded, right. he kind of no after the after the mid '60s, he just focused on peanuts. Uh, the first collection of peanut strips. Peanuts or penis? Peanuts. Okay, he focused on peanuts. Okay, I said you get one, Jim. Well, I took two. The first collection of Peanuts strips was published in July 1952 by Reinhardt and Company. Many more books followed, greatly contributing to the strip's increasing popularity. Oh, yeah. I mean, it that's was, why. I uh, yeah. It. It was, I think it was the reason that people, people got the books first and then started reading the strip. Um, Perfect bathroom books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect bathroom. My bathroom was littered with <laughs> Mad Magazine books and... Peanuts books. Peanuts collections, yeah. Little books. Little yeah. Signet. I think Signet made yeah. all the books. They had that little little paperbacks. I had yeah. rows of yeah. paperbacks. Uh, in 2004, Fantagraphics began their complete Peanuts series, uh, literally pulling together all 50 years of, of comics. Good Lord. That has to be – how many volumes, man? Uh, I, I do not know. And, in fact, I don't think they're done publishing them. Well, there's over 17,000 yeah, st- strips. And I don't think they've finished I, – I don't know what they're up to. Even if you put, like – you know, three strips per page. I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot of pages. Yeah, it's a lot of pages. Uh, Peanuts also proved popular in other media. The first animated TV special, The Charlie Brown Christmas, aired in December 1965 and won an Emmy Award. Which, was that the first of its kind? Yes. Um, for like a TV, like a holiday special? Well, what I'm saying, no. What, what I'm mean? asking is, was this the first time that like a comic strip was made into a holiday special? Uh, I want to say yes. I don't think there is no Rex Morgan MD Christmas, <laughs> no, or Brenda Starr Attorney Christmas Time. No, I mean, but there was like, I mean, Spider Man had had like a cartoon and stuff, but sure, came a little bit later, I think. But that's sixties, yeah. But I mean, Spider Man was also comic books. He yeah, wasn't really although a, he did, he had he a had a strip, strip. Yeah, of yeah, course. I mean, yeah. so did Superman. They all had, yeah, like, they all yeah. double dipped. But uh, but I, I was just but, curious. But yeah, probably I would say. I mean, 
I'm sure a lot of people were like, really? Like, how is this going to work? And then it was oh, amazing. Oh, they all said that. Yeah. I mean, we did the show about yeah. the, the... Yeah, reference our show yeah. about... If the, you want to know more about the specials, we did a whole show about Thanksgiving yeah. and we included the other ones as well. Yeah. Uh, numerous TV specials followed, the latest being Happiness is a Warm Blanket, Charlie Brown in 2011. Uh, and technically, I would say that the, the Apple TV one is kind of a new special because it had a lot of original... Like, it told a story, yeah. you know? Kind well, of Apple, yeah. Apple TV has a whole bunch of new stuff. They had they had purchased the rights yeah. to do them, and that's part of the reason that they did this hour-long mm-hmm. documentary about Charles Schultz was to, to introduce a new generation to him. And they have produced new Peanuts shows and specials like Snoopy yeah. in Space and, yeah. you know, all these, you know, different things. They're keeping the – it's so great. I just love that they're keeping it alive. And yeah. they're not – they're not perverting, not perverting it, but they're not like, you know, let's, not let's update it, it yeah, you know, yeah. let's make it more now, you know, yeah, yeah. cell phones and, and Snoopy's an influencer now. And, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean he is Joe Cool. I mean, he I, is Joe Cool, baby. But, uh, but yeah, it's staying true to its roots. And even with the commercials, you know, I remember the, the Prudential, com- I think it was Prudential. Was it? They did, they did a lot of stuff. Mutual of Omaha, Mutual of Omaha I think yeah. was too. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff. They did a lot of but stuff. But it was always the Peanuts. It yeah. was never, you know, they never besmirched the Peanuts. As, as an incredible commercial juggernaut, a billion-dollar-a-year yeah. industry, I don't think that they did any harm to the characters no. by having no. the commercial, which is really, really rare. Yes, yes, yes. I, had a, I didn't have a teddy bear as a kid. I had a Snoopy. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. much I loved, you know. Yeah. The peanuts. Oh God, man! <laughs> well, Snoopy mostly. Yeah, yeah, I felt really bad for Charlie Brown, and I, of course, we all had our Charlie Brownie moments. Sure, you sure. know, and we could all relate to Charlie Brown because people are awful in this world. <laughs> That's and true. Treat you like, and that was another good thing, man. You know how I always talk about? There's so many unfulfilled things in our youth. Like we never got to see, you know, certain people do certain things, and we never yeah. got to see. Uh, Charlie Brown kicked that football. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we were set up for disappointment Yeah, with our media because it didn't give you the happy ending all the time. No. There had to – there was just this thing about unrequited love, success that was just such a theme back then yeah. that people just could not succeed. You know, it's yeah, just like yeah, there was these yeah. things they, – the, 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 there was such a big conceit about lovable losers who will never, ever, ever – Right, like Rockford, yeah. Magnum. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they were never going to get rich or whatever. You know, they were right, just going right. to. I just, it's just so funny. I think that's why the Gen X is just so mellow about yeah, stuff yeah. is because we're like, yeah, nobody but, gets what they want, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we're we're quite aware that this is not going to work. <laughs> no, it's fine. Did you, see, did you see the way Linus treated Snoopy when he tried to put together that Thanksgiving dinner? He was just so rude to it. Or Peppermint Patty. <laughs> Peppermint Patty, yeah. Uh, until his death, Schultz wrote or co-wrote the TV specials and carefully oversaw all of their productions, uh, along with still doing a daily strip every day for 50 oh, yeah. years. I mean, he's so, so protective. I, I'm really surprised that he – it's 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 surprising to me that he did let so – that there be specials and let there be commercials yeah. and stuff because, you know, he, he penciled, inked, colored. Yeah. He, nobody touched his strips but him, so it's just – it's odd to me. That he was able to let go of such mm. control. It's, he, it's, he made uh, a lot of money off it. But he did have control. I mean, he had as much as he could. Of course. Uh, yeah. Of course. 
Charles I'm just surprised Dickens. he didn't draw all the pictures for the animation thing. Oh, God, that would take <laughs> forever. I think he, he was still a realist, understanding that I can't do this by yeah. myself. Uh, Charlie Brown, the principal character of Peanuts, was named after a co-worker at Art Instruction, Inc. Schultz drew much from his own life, some examples being, like Charlie Brown's parents, Schultz's father was a barber and his mother a housewife. Nice. Like Charlie Brown, Schultz often felt shy and withdrawn. Aww. In an interview with Charlie Rose in May 1997, Schultz observed, I suppose there's a melancholy feeling in a lot of cartoonists because cartooning, like all other humor, comes from bad things happening. Schultz reportedly had an intelligent dog when he was a boy named Spike, uh, which eventually becomes uh, a, the brother. Yeah, yeah. Snoopy's brother. Is this the different dog animals. than the one that ate all the tacks and? Nails? No, I think it was the same. I That's think it was not the smart same dog. dog. No, it's well, nothing, there's nothing intelligent about a dog <laughs> eating tacks and nails. Uh, although that dog was a pointer, not a beagle, like Snoopy. Family photos confirm a certain physical resemblance. This big nose. Uh, <laughs> uh, his references to his brother Spike living outside of Needles, California were influenced by the few years the Schultz family lived there I uh, love the Needles stuff because it was just Spike who was a big tall skinny Snoopy with, with a hat and a, yeah. maybe a mustache um, and it was just him and tumbleweeds yeah that's it, what that's what Needles maybe, was maybe a cactus somewhere yeah, yeah. it was very desolate <laughs> uh, they moved to Needles to join other family members who had relocated from Minnesota to tend to an ill cousin uh, I will never forget driving to L.A. for the first time, moving out here, stopping in Needles at 1 o'clock in the morning, and being like, oh, this is where Spike lives. See him? And stepping out of my car and realizing even at 1 o'clock in the morning, it was still 104 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I didn't see Spike. He's a cartoon, Jim. No. Yeah. Schultz's inspiration for Charlie Brown's unrequited love for the little red-haired girl was Donna Mae Johnson, an Art Instruction Inc. accountant with whom he fell in love. When Schultz finally proposed to her in June of 1950, shortly after he had made his first contact with his syndicate, she turned him down and yeah. married another man. That devastated him. Devastated him. A lot of the, the Charlie Brown stuff with like him in the bed, you yeah. know, like, yeah, that's really, why me? You know, yeah. All that depressing stuff. That definitely comes from his unrequited love. He, and the way that yeah. they kind of presented it in the... Um, in the documentary, made me feel pretty bad for his wife because it just well, seemed like, well, he just, well, you know. Yeah, I think his his first wife was definitely a rebound. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was definitely chasing that little red haired girl until he met Jean, who he got married to in in the early eighties. And that's the thing, man. It was Marriage City back then. You you yeah. dated for like six weeks, and then you're like, okay, this looks good. Let's get married. Yeah, everybody yeah, it got was, married. It was like it's time. You had to get married. It well, was like a you know, law. When you live through a world war, you kind of feel like you got short time. Yeah, it's well, like well, that, that would make me not want to get married <laughs> because I have <laughs> so little time. Linus and Shermie were named for his good friends Linus Marr and Sherman Plepler. Excuse me, name. Sherman Plepler. Plepler. Yep. Plepler, get in here. Plepler. Plepler. Where are those reports, Plepler? Yeah, Plepler. <laughs> <laughs> Peppermint Patty was inspired by Patricia Swanson, one of his cousins on his mother's side. He, she was also uh, inspired by Billie Jean King, a very good yes. friend of his. Yes, and uh, and one thing that was really great about Schultz is that he included all the kids in the sports. Yes, the girls yes. played the sports, the boys played. They all played it together, and this was not something that was done back then. Everything they're all like, you know, there were so many groundbreaking things about this cartoon that everybody takes for granted now. And one of them was kids playing sports together and little girls being able to be tough. And yeah, much. Yeah. Look, Peppermint Patty 
she was the best uh, sports person of the entire strip. There's oh, nobody yeah, better yeah. than her. Oh, no, she was fantastic. And he you know, often made the women or the girl characters stronger, smarter. Yeah. You know, more clever than the boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. was that comes again to his sense of equality. His sense of everybody should be able to participate. Everybody should be able to have fun. Everybody yeah. should be able to play hockey. We should all play baseball together. It doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, you're black or you're white, whatever. Yeah. Let's all have fun together. Yeah, exactly. So in April 1951, uh, Schultz married Joyce Halverson. No relation to Schultz's mother, Dina Halverson. Yeah, Schultz. good, because that would have been know, uh, be incest. Uh, Schultz adopted Halverson's daughter, Meredith. Uh, later that same year, they moved to Colorado Springs. Their son, Monty, was born in February 1952, and three more children were born later in Minnesota. It's cold in Minnesota. All it's you got to do is make kids. It's Just true. keep warm. It's true. Because you can burn them. You can burn them kids. Like... <laughs> Cords of wood. wood. That's what they did back then in Minneapolis. While in Colorado Springs, Schultz painted a mural on the bedroom wall of his daughter Meredith's room featuring Patty with a balloon, Charlie Brown jumping over a candlestick, and Snoopy playing on all fours. The wall was removed in 2001, donated and relocated to the Charles M. Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa, California. Yeah, they didn't even know they were doing that. All of a sudden, they were pulling this wall out, and his widow was like, what the hell? (laughs) No. It's just weird. I can imagine living in that house and being like, oh, yeah, Charles Schultz lived here. Like, this is well, literally be... an original piece of art sitting on the wall. Story <laughs> as a kid. It's like, that was my wall growing yeah. up, and now it's in a museum. Yeah. You yeah. know? That's crazy. Yeah. Got to be so tough being his kids, man. Got it. Yeah. Not in terms of he's a tough guy or anything, but just coming out for i don't envy any child of super successful groundbreaking people because you have you know yeah you have a ton of privilege and you have a ton of opportunities but it's just you're always chasing the dragon baby uh schultz and his family returned to minneapolis and they stayed until 1958 they then moved to sebastopol california where schultz built his first studio until then he'd worked at home or in a small rented office room uh, Schultz's father died while visiting him in 1966, the same year Schultz's Sebastopol studio burned down. Damn, that was a bad year. It was not a good year for him. And his uh, the last thing his father did before uh, he died was burn down the studio. He was <laughs> like, like, you going to burn your sinful cartoon? Set, set a fire in the closet. They had a heart attack for being so angry. No, none of that just is true. Snoopy was a communist, and that no. just didn't oh, Yeah. By 1969, Schultz had moved to Santa Rosa, California, where he lived and worked until his death. Uh, By Thanksgiving 1970, it was clear that Schultz's marriage was in trouble. Uh, He was having an affair with a 25-year-old woman named Tracy Claudius. Yep, midlife crisis. Uh, Some guys buy a car. Some guys have an affair. Some guys, I don't know, do whatever. I haven't had one. My whole life is a midlife crisis. I mean, by this point, he was 48. And yes, he was. It was it was very obvious that marrying his wife, uh, uh, Joyce, was was really a rebound because he was so hurt by sure. not marrying the little red haired. And then he gets the attention from a 25 year old, you know, yeah. blah, blah, I'm sure blah. She probably had red hair. Like we said, nobody's perfect. I I'm not a big fan of cheating on your wife. I'm also, you know, not a big fan of these May December's. But it's yeah. it happens. I, I get it. Yeah, you know, people are human. They do their thing. Nothing is more uh, akin to mental illness than love or you know yeah. lust. It makes you crazy. Yeah. It makes oh, you yeah. into yeah, a, yeah. a goofball. You know, we've all been idiots for love or lust, and so you know he's no different. 
No, no, he's human. He's human. The Schultzes divorced in 1972, and in September 1973, he married Jean Forsyth Clyde, whom he had first met when she brought her daughter to his hockey rink. Yeah. Uh, Schultz had a long association with ice sports, and both figure skating and ice hockey featured prominently in his cartoons. Uh, in Santa Rosa, he owned the Redwood Empire Ice Arena, which opened in 1969 and featured a snack bar called The Warm Puppy. Ooh, and that's where he – because happiness is a warm puppy, baby. It is. That's what he said. Um, <laughs> that's where he had his, his breakfast yeah, every morning. His English muffin with jelly every right. morning, and then he would go into his office um, and draw on that slanted board. And Man, that must have been a really comfortable chair. Oh, yeah. You gotta it's spend. I would spend. So, he's yeah. super rich. You gotta. I would get the greatest chair. I'd be like, this chair is fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> it looks like a really nice chair. It looked pretty comfortable, but it didn't look super comfortable. Uh, Schultz's daughter Amy served as a model for the figure skating and the television special "She's a Good Skate," Charlie Brown, which was released in nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schultz was also very active in senior ice hockey tournaments. In 1975, he, he formed Snoopy's Senior World Hockey Tournament at his Redwood Empire Ice Arena. Nice. So he, did, he didn't just love it. He played it. He, he played it lifelong. He was he a would, lifelong yeah, sports fanatic. He loved to skate. In 1981, he was awarded the Lester Patrick Trophy for outstanding service to the sport of hockey in the United States. Mm, that's and pretty that, big. Uh, it is huge. It's huge. In 1998, Schultz hosted the first over-75 hockey tournament. I could not go to see that. I'm sorry. I couldn't go to see it. It would be so nerve-wracking. So <laughs> everyone's so fragile. Oh my god! It would be like watching a bunch of bags of glass skating around, <laughs> trying to. Yes, anxiety. Seventy-five-year-old I mean, checking another guy against the boards, baby. He would yeah. shatter into a million pieces, just drop into a glop of gloop. It, yeah, it would be bad. Just jelly. Just I couldn't jelly. do it. It would make me too nervous. <laughs> in 2000, the Ramsey County Board in St. Paul, Minnesota, voted to rename the Highland Park Ice Arena the Charles M. Schultz Highland Arena in his honor. Awesome. Now is it like the? The uh, Dogecoin Bitcoin yeah. Arena. <laughs> Crypto.com <laughs> Highland Arena. Yeah. Blech. Schultz also used his hockey rink for tennis expositions after meeting Billie Jean King. Many tennis pros played in that rink, including Roy Emerson. He and King were really good friends. They were very close. Uh, she was in the documentary as well. Um, and he was just, he loved sports. He loved sports people. He loved yeah. hanging out with yeah. people that were good at what they do. And he... <laughs> he would always sneak it into his strip somehow, too. Yeah. I mean, all this it was stuff. his life. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that strip was everything that happened to him. It was always stuff that was going on. He pulled from his life. I mean, even to the point of, like, when his kids got older, he kind of stopped writing them as kids. Yeah. Like, it was like, well, I don't really have the inspiration for this anymore. So, I'm Well, gonna, there was yeah. always an undertone of philosophy oh, yeah. to Peanuts. Yeah. It's the most philosophical cartoon ever. One of my... Favorite cartoons, he mentioned it at the end, and it's Charlie Brown. I love the ones in the dead of night, Charlie Brown in bed, and he's just asking the universe. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. asks yeah. the universe, why me? Yeah. And the universe is like, it says, hey, it's just your time, buddy. <laughs> it's just, you know, your, <laughs> Sorry, came your, up. Came, your yeah. name came up. <laughs> it's nothing personal, but it's just, it's your, and that's kind of how he saw stuff. Just to go back to him uh, mining his own life mm-hmm. for uh, ideas and stuff. One of my favorite stories is his his, uh, his last wife, I guess. Um, Jean. Jean. Yeah. Started calling him Sweet Babu as oh, her yeah. nickname. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Sweet Babu well, was not, only, not yeah. only in Peanuts. It was how Sally 
tortured Linus. <laughs> so he took the pet name, the, the love name yes, that she yes. gave him, and used it as a torture device. And she was she was a little offended by that. You, I can imagine <laughs> him hearing that and going like, "That's really dumb." Like, I, I think it's cute, sweet Babu. It is cute. I yeah. I mean, come she on. Seemed... Everybody calls their significant other something stupid. I used to call one girlfriend poop. Oh, and she'd call me poop. That's weird. <laughs> Schultz also enjoyed golf, and he was a member of the Santa Rosa Golf and Country Club from 1959 to 2000. That's why the guy was just unstoppable. He, he, he was, was always super moving active. And yeah, he was a very active man. Well, you know, sitting down, you probably what took him two hours to do the cartoon to do the strip. It depends. I mean, he would he would sit down. He would never pre-plan. He right. literally sat down that That's day incredible. and was like, "I got to do something," and he would sit until he had an idea, and then he would do it. I'm sure sometimes he would. The 17,000 was just the published strips. <laughs> I'm sure there were probably plenty that he was like, this doesn't work. Oh, sure. And he just yeah. put it aside. Or it's not up to his standard or mm-hmm. whatever. But I'm sure he threw him away. I mean, he, he I seems like a crumpler. He would hold on to him. Yeah. Yeah. He was a crumpler. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday, May 8th, 1988, two gunmen in ski masks entered the Schultz's home through an unlocked door planning to kidnap Gene. Good Lord. But the attempt failed when Charles's daughter, Jill, drove up to the house, prompting the would-be kidnappers to flee. Jill called the police from a neighbor's house. Sonoma County Sheriff Dick Michelson said, It was obviously an attempted kidnap ransom. This was a targeted criminal act. They knew exactly who the victims were. Neither Schultz nor his wife were hurt during the incident. Good. Uh, yeah, it was... They obviously knew he had money. Crazy, though, man. I, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's very odd. Yeah, <laughs> he's making 30 million a year. Yeah. Um, well, not at this point, but... From the late 1980s, Schultz said in interviews that some people had described him as a quote-unquote secular humanist, but that he did not know one way or the other. I do not go to church anymore. I guess you might say I've come around to secular humanism, an obligation I believe all humans have to others in the world we live in. He was. He, he, the only way that everyone could be equal is that if we all were equal. Yeah. Uh, in July 1981, Schultz underwent heart bypass surgery. During his hospital stay, President Ronald Reagan phoned to wish him a quick recovery. Um, well, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, well, I hope you're feeling better. And I've always preferred Snuffy Smith. <laughs> in the 1980s, Schultz complained that... Sometimes my hand shakes so much I have to hold my wrist to draw. This led to an erroneous impression that Schultz had Parkinson's disease. Uh, according to a letter from his physician, Schultz had a central tremor, a condition alleviated by beta blockers. Yeah. Schultz still insisted on writing and drawing the strip by himself, resulting in noticeably shakier lines over time. That is incredible, by the way. That shows that he does not have that much of an ego. Because so no. many people, no. if they couldn't... He, he, Maybe it shows he's not a perfectionist. I don't know. It shows that his love for the strip is so incredibly fierce yeah. that yeah. he was going to do it no matter what. And yeah. it was so he was so passionate about it that even the fact that, honestly, I enjoyed the strip more after yeah. the Tremors yeah. because it just had this more homespun thing to it. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. very human, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it had just this feel to it that was like, you know. In November 1999, Schultz suffered several small strokes and a blocked aorta, and he was later found to have colon cancer that had metastasized. How old is he? Uh, At this point, he would have been 78. Man, getting older sucks. Yeah. Because of the chemotherapy that he could not, and he couldn't see clearly, he announced his retirement on December 14th, 1999. Damn. This was difficult for Schultz, who told Al Roker on the Today Show, I never dreamed that this was what would happen to me. I always 
had the feeling that I would probably stay with the strip until I was in my early 80s, but all of a sudden it's gone. It's been taken away from me. I did not take this away from me. Schultz was asked if, in his final strip, Charlie Brown would finally get to kick the football after so many decades. He responded, Oh, no, definitely not. I, I couldn't have Charlie Brown kick that football. That would be a terrible disservice to him after nearly half a century. But in a December 1999 interview, Holding Back Tears, Schultz recounted the moment when he signed his final strip, saying, All of a sudden I thought, You know, that poor, poor kid, he never even got to kick a football. What a dirty trick. He never had a chance to kick the football. Uh, they have pieces of this in the documentary. Oh, yeah, and it's on just Apple TV Plus. Heartbreaking. It is, it is yeah. If you don't, like, shed a tear for that, then you you don't have the humanity in your Literally body. the last thing he said uh, in the interview, I just did the best I could. Yeah, which and is I, just, like, what a humble thing to say. Yeah. I don't see money as a barometer of success. If I, yeah. How could I? Because <laughs> I would kill myself. I have none. <laughs> yeah. But not only did he create something that changed comic strips, that changed America. Let's be honest, man. Peanuts changed America. Yeah. Putting Franklin in that script, it, putting Franklin in that comic strip in the 60s yeah. was huge. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, the yeah. fact that the, the first, his first uh, appearance was just he and Charlie Brown at the beach. Yeah. Realizing that they like making sandcastles together. Yeah. yeah. And then Franklin, you know, was just one of the kids. It wasn't a big fanfare. It wasn't, no, you know, here's no. the black character. It was no, just, he just was there. Franklin showed up, yeah. and then he was part of it. And that's I, what he, you know. And it, people did not like it. They were very angry. He oh got my a God. lot of bad letters. Yeah, and the, uh, and the best was <laughs> yes. when the syndicate was like, all right, you could have your black character just as long as you don't show him in school with the white characters. And guess what old Sparky did? Immediately put him in school. Put him in school with him. Because it was all about inclusivity with him. Yeah. You know, it was all about participation. Everybody should be able to have fun. We should all be friends. We should, you know, judge each other, whether on our gender or on our the color of our skin. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, you know. Kids kids are kids. Yes. And, and racism is something that's taught. It, it definitely is, and, man. And and at the end of the day, it was just kids being kids. Yeah. And like, it didn't matter, you know. I it, mean, it, but, it mattered to the point that someone could want look at it yes. and, and then go, "Oh, that, I identify yes. with this character." Al Roker was like, "Man, when I saw Franklin, when I yeah. saw my, you don't understand. I think it's hard for especially you know white men, yeah, to yeah. understand the lack of representation yep. that people have had up until you know twenty years ago." You know, and even now the representation is yeah, you know, yeah. as it should be. But back then there was nothing. Yeah, you know? it was nothing in the segregated. Everything was lily white. Yes, and for kids to finally see themselves in the strip, and 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 just as one of the kids. Yeah, yeah. huge man. Not huge. making a big deal out of the exactly. fact that he's a little black kid. Exactly, like, it's just he's just a kid. Exactly, you know? it was one yeah. of the most deftly done integrations of comics that or anything that I've mm -hmm. ever seen. He was just brilliant that way because. He didn't see it as – he was so concerned about this. Yeah. He consulted with uh, other he, educators. Yeah. He consulted with a lot of people, and he's like, I don't know if I should do it. He had wanted to put a, a black character in for yeah. a long time, but he was afraid that he wouldn't be able to do the kid justice. Exactly. And that, that he it would, would appear to be patronizing yeah. of being like, I'll put this black kid in. Exactly. And, and he got a lot of advice on it, and he took it so seriously. Mm -hmm. And then – 
but when he, it was so not serious when he implemented it. That's just what's yeah. so great about it. It just it was part of the universe, and that the was it. That was just brilliant about inclusivity. Yeah. I just you know, what a great guy he was. He was. A proponent of crewed space flight, Schultz was honored with the naming of Apollo 10 Command Module Charlie Brown and Lunar Module Snoopy, launched on May 18, 1969. Uh, the Silver Snoopy Award is a special honor awarded to NASA employees and contractors for outstanding achievements related to human flight safety or mission success. He was so blown away by that. It's crazy. He, I mean, think about it. You have a mission to the moon named after your characters. Yeah. yeah your Snoopy went to the moon. Charlie Brown went to the moon. And now there's a award named after Snoopy for NASA. I mean, how just what a life, man. Yeah. I mean, what a yeah. life. Like, just to be, just to experience all that fun and all those, you know, just great. Yeah. I mean, accolades, whatever. But these were like life moments. It, it wasn't was, just an award. It was or having a, yeah. a real impact on people. 100%. That's it was is tangible knowing that it's like, yes, this is a big deal. It and just shows how much the peanuts were in the American culture. Yeah. How much yeah. a part of the Zeitgeist it was. On July 1st, 1983, Camp Snoopy opened at Knott's Berry Farm. It is a forested mountain-themed area featuring the Peanuts characters. It has rides designed for younger children and is one of the most popular areas of the amusement park. When Schultz received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1996, he accepted it at Knott's Berry Farm. Nice. Yeah. When the Mall of America opened in Bloomington, Minnesota in 1992, the amusement park in the center had a Peanuts theme until 2006 when the mall lost the rights to use the characters. And then quickly shut down like every other mall in uh, the country. Yeah. I I don't is the Mall of America closed now? No, it's not. But have you been to Knott's Berry Farm? Yes. Not a lot to do there. It's fine. They got good jam. It's and there's, jellies. There's roller coasters and stuff. Yeah, it's fine. The Gene and Charles Schultz Information Center at Sonoma State University opened in 2000 and now stands as one of the largest buildings in the California State University system and the state of California with a 400,000-volume general collection and with a 750,000-volume automated retrieval system capacity. Wow. Huge. The $41.5 million building was named after Schultz, and his wife donated the $5 million needed to build and furnish the structure. Yeah, she could afford it. Well, she yeah. could afford it. Yeah. She had a lot of money at that. It still has a lot of money at that. Yeah, time. she's still alive. Oh, yeah. She's still kicking. In 2000, the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors renamed the county airport as the Charles M. Schultz Sonoma County Airport in the cartoonist's honor. Nice. The airport's logo features Snoopy in goggles and scarf, taking to the skies on top of his red doghouse. Man, I learned so much about World War One through Snoopy. Because oh, yeah. not only yeah. did he do the strips where he was fighting the Red Baron yeah. in his sop with camel, and his, you know, <laughs> that's the Snoopy I had, by the way. He had the oh, scarf, yeah, yeah. and he had the goggles and the yeah. helmet. Oh, I loved it. Uh, you could also get other outfits for him. It was awesome. Nice. I loved nice. my snoops. Um, but, yeah, he, he would also be, you know, ground forces. Mm-hmm. He'd be quaffing his root beer at the, you know, at the Paris, you know, underground thing. He had such a great imagination. Snoopy is one of the most amazing characters uh, for a child. Mm-hmm. Because Snoopy is nothing but pure imagination. Snoopy is... Uh, World War One flying ace. Yeah. He's Joe yeah. Cool. He's a great tennis player. He's a great skater. He's a great everything. He's got this doghouse that has everything in it. He's a writer. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy a night. Novelist, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A failed novelist. He had well, a hard yes. time writing. That was some of my favorite strips. Was him trying to write the novel, oh, yeah. and then somebody being like, mm, "That's not very good." And him crumpling up the paper. <laughs> that dog was. Uh, such an inspiration in terms of just pure joy, 
you know, and he, you know, yeah. Snoopy would get into, you know, you get angry sometimes. Yeah, sure, sure. And he and uh, and, and Woodstock would have some words occasionally. Yeah. Uh, but it was just to have that amount of whimsy and just pure imagination in such a grounded strip of these kids. Yeah. It's just it it it's crazy that it works. Because yeah, on one yeah. hand you have these little philosophers that are <laughs> leaning up against a wall with you know their you know, hands on yeah. on their cheeks and saying, you know, I am I'm, I'm sad and, and don't be sad, Charlie Brown. And then on the other you know, then the next strip is Snoopy flying his doghouse. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just it was insane. And the the, the fact that he laid on top of his doghouse too. Yeah, was he was such a cool thing. He was such a a, a character, such a great unconventional character, and yeah, and, yeah. and because he was a dog, you could do so much with him, and he, he it did become more and more uh, fantastical <laughs> sure, as the strip sure. went along. But it didn't suffer; it, it had to become more fantastical because it was, uh, you know, in my mind, all the Snoopy stuff didn't happen. Like it happens in his sure, mind. sure, it's of all course, of his of play and his his imagination. But it really, for me. It helped spark my imagination. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. Watching him uh, deftly use his imagination. <laughs> In February, I believe it was February 22nd or February 23rd, uh, 2000, uh, he passed away. Oh. It was the date of his last cartoon that was published. I cried. Look, it was so, so sad because, A, that cartoon was a letter to his readers, basically. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. retiring. Just thank like, you for all this thank time. Thank you, yeah. And then the fact that he died... The day it was released was just yeah heartbreaking, man. I yeah, it was. It's kismet, I guess. Uh, he put his entire life into this thing, and when it's, it was done, he was done. Hey, it was like losing a family member. Yeah, you know, somebody yeah. who with that much influence on your life, and somebody that, that it it had was such a part of your life. Yeah, whether yeah. it was reading or watching cartoons or you know seeing commercials or going to Knott's Berry Farm, you know, I, you couldn't get away from Snoopy. And you, you didn't want to, <laughs> yeah. you know, you yeah. didn't want to. And just the fact when he passed, the realization that that is over. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, but nobody it still runs and stuff, but it's not. But there's not going to be any new stories. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. there will be new cartoons. There sure. will be, you know, but but hopefully they'll mine from his own seventeen thousand strips. Well, I, yeah, to come, you know, and and I I swear, man, if they ever do like a a friggin' three D computer <laughs> animated upgraded, they did, a, they did, but they didn't do it with like making them in. You know what I mean? They didn't yeah. update. No, they still looked like the cart. The, yeah, yeah, the, in yeah. The and it still had yeah, the same yeah. sweetness to it. Yes, yes. You know, but it's just I know some asshole is going to make Lucy an influencer. And, <laughs> well, and... I hope not. I mean, Jean has very tight control over his, his empire. Jean's in her 90s. She is, but still. I mean, I think his kids understand. I, I think hope that so. it's Yeah. Because it's, it's it's some things need to be preserved, man. Yeah, yeah. And they don't, there's no improving upon the peanuts. No, no. You know, listen to me, executives. Listen to me good. <laughs> there is no improving upon the peanuts. Do it to something else. The Charles M. Schultz Museum and Research Center in Santa Rosa opened on August 17th, 2002, two blocks away from his former studio, celebrating his life's work in the art of cartooning. No. A bronze statue of Charlie Brown and Snoopy stands in Depot Park in downtown Santa Rosa. Uh, in 2006, Forbes ranked Schultz as the third highest earning deceased celebrity as he had earned $35 million in the previous year. So I looked up the numbers because I was curious. Sure, sure. As of 2021, 
He was fourth ranked with $40 million made in the last year. Yeah, because of Apple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was part of it. Yeah. Uh, but he was behind Michael Jackson, who was number three, with $75 million. Yeah. Prince, number two, with $120 million. Ow! And my absolute surprise in completely dominating everyone, Roald Dahl with $513 million made for his estate in oh, 2021. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because they, they, they're they basically making like eight Roald yeah, Dahl yeah. movies and movies TV and shows. TV shows. And so I like, but I, I think... was just like, man, it's not even double. It's like triple. It's estimated that Charles M. Schultz's income during his lifetime totaled more than $1.1 billion. And such a modest dude. Like, it, it didn't go to his, you know, 18 homes and his yachts and his yeah. cars. It went to building schools and it went to building ice rinks and it went to scholarships and it yeah. went to, you know, the guy had a... I wouldn't say a modest life. He had a compound or whatever. But it wasn't like... But he wasn't like flashy. No, it was not just at all. Stuff it, was like a, it was it like was, a little, little He town. had the yeah. ability to make his life the way he wanted. Who wouldn't? And, and he did. My yeah. God, man. If I could create a sanctuary with all the things that I like in it, yeah. I would 100% do that. Oh, yeah, completely. I don't go anywhere. People I would build visiting. a movie theater so I could go watch movies by uh-huh. myself in the dark. Yes. I, yeah. Or invite my friends. His Santa Rosa home, unfortunately, was completely destroyed during the October 2017 wildfires yeah. in California. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we are out of time, but we're going to end uh, with a quote from Bill Watterson, who created Kelvin Hobbes, that I think sums up Charles M. Schultz very well. Peanuts pretty much defines the modern comic strip, so even now it's hard to see it with fresh eyes. The clean, minimalist drawings, the sarcastic humor, the unflinching emotional honesty, the inner thoughts of a household pet, the serious treatment of children, the wild fantasies, the merchandising on an enormous scale, the countless ways Schultz blazed the wide trail that most every cartoonist since has tried to follow. Yeah, he his legacy will last forever. Uh, oh, yeah. It's amazing to me that that man spent so much time alone creating this stuff, doing this stuff. And he is a human being whose art transcends the medium. Yes. Bigger. Yes. Bigger than anything. Yes. You know, and that is such a rarity. To And, it, and if you think about look, I love Calvin Hobbes. It's probably my second oh, favorite cartoon. Yeah. The top three for me are Bloom County, yeah. Calvin and Hobbes, and Charlie Brown. F you, Garfield. Family um, circus. <laughs> family circus. Family circus. Good Lord. Go to hell. <laughs> uh, um, you know. Uh, <laughs> but are but, you are you related to Bill Keen? I am Bill Keen. Oh, I'm, I'm Billy. I was the one that had that little dot thing around when you uh, would jump around. Right? That was that was always my favorite. That I was everybody's honest, favorite because it was like yeah. a maze. It was yeah. the only ones that were interesting. You know, the other that ones were like you know the little not me ghosts or whatever. It was like ah, Jeffy did it. I, Jeffy spilled the peanut butter, man. There is nothing better than a one-panel cartoon of a little girl holding a fork and going, <laughs> I'm eating pasquetti and meatballs. <laughs> like, Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that Marmaduke. Blech. But uh, but the the cartoon, I mean, Calvin and Hobbes is, would not exist no, without no, peanuts. No, no. Uh, Bloom County wouldn't exist no, without peanuts no, because no. it's they gave people permission to philosophize and to be more than just you know a three-panel joke yeah yeah set up punchline you know even the very first peanuts cartoon is groundbreaking yeah you see sherman sitting with uh patty i think not peppermint the violet maybe they're both yeah 
Yeah. But it's, you know, it's when the kids had big heads. My favorite part, when they had big yeah. heads and little bodies. Uh, but it's Sherman saying, good old Charlie Brown. Here comes Charlie Brown. Good old, good old Charlie Brown. Here he comes. And then Charlie Brown passes by. And in the last panel, Sherman's got a, like, his little brow furrowed. He's like, God, how I hate him. And it's just so true. It's like people talk crap behind your back. And it's such a little kid thing to do, too. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's just from the gate, it, out of, from out of the gate, yeah, it was something special and different, and we'll never have anything like it again. And do yourself a favor, watch that documentary. Oh, so good. Go back if you can get a hold of the really, really early peanuts yeah, yeah. with the different heads and stuff. It's a it's a very philosophical and very smart. I mean, it's always smart, but it, yeah. it was it's a young man strip where you can see him breaking ground. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's trying to make sense of the world. Just check it out. You know, I mean. We all know the specials and stuff, uh, just, but look at the books. And, and if you have a chance, if you have Apple TV, watch the documentary. Because yeah, it, it, it'll do. warm your heart. It's one of the sweetest things I've seen in a long time. It's, it was very good. It done very well, and it covers his life very Great well. celebration of an amazing human being. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week uh, with our another of our favorite animators. Oh, Chuck Jones. Chuck Jones. <laughs> That's all, folks. Well, now it is. Yeah, yeah. So small. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Coffee. That's uh, Norman Walk. <laughs> We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming, Family Ties, already in progress.